This is Twa Teams, one street from the Evening Telegraph. The only podcast as obsessed with Dundee and Dundee United as you are. This week, D go from diabolical to delight for McGee. Are Tam's terrors more tepid than terrifying right now? And what does Scotland do to help Ukraine? Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Twa Teams. Stop laughing, George. I'm Tom Duffy. <laughs> Podcasting along with me today are Giggling George Cran. Hello. Graham Finnan. Hello, everyone. And last week's late call-off, Ewan Smith. Oh, I'm here. I'm just disappointed George has not brought hobnobs with him today, but there you go. Chocolate ones would be really good. Mm. You have to deserve them. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> grumpy George. <laughs> well, I, I, did, I, I was did just thinking, I'd never have food in my life if you had to deserve it. <laughs> I did just watch Dundee last night, so... Well, that's a good place to start, George. I saw the reports, um, followed the game on my phone, because I was doing other things, and it said it was dull, and then Mark McGee was delighted. Is it a case of, despite telling himself a million times not to exaggerate, he needs to exaggerate, because after the Livy hammering, they needed good news. Yeah, well, the the Livy game was probably... Too exciting. We should the say they drew nil nil with Hibs and only yeah. had one shot on target. Is that all they had? According to the stats. Oh, right, okay. Sorry, Ewan. <laughs> I didn't check the stats this morning. <laughs> to be fair, after the the Libby uh, embarrassment, I suppose the uh, and the way they defended in the first half, they'll take a nil nil after after that. Although it does feel like games are certainly running out, but and it was a. It felt like a, an opportunity missed with Hibs going down to 10 men with a half an hour to go. Um, but it's a clean sheet after being so poor defensively on Saturday. The players were up for it. It was a much more experienced team. It looked more like the team we're kind of used to seeing uh, starting the starting games anyway. There was a lot more about Dundee, which was good to see because Livingston was so bad. Um but as I say, it does feel like it's maybe an opportunity missed with the, against 10 men because they, they didn't really create anything after that red card. Charlie Adam went off injured shortly after that and Hibs actually had the better chances. When yeah, they went Hibs down were down to 10 men for 30-odd yeah. minutes. Yeah, so that's probably the biggest disappointment. Mark, Mark McGee was, was pleased with it after the game because it's something to build on, he says. Obviously, his first point something <laughs> His first point since he, he's taken over um, and clawed back one point on St Johnson. They're, they're still bottom of the league. Bear, George mentioned there it was a more experienced team last night and the manager highlighted this. And I found that a bit ironic because he picked the inexperienced team that had a disaster against mm-hmm. Livy. Mm-hmm. I, I must admit, when I saw the team on Saturday... I was I was really surprised to, to see I, I couldn't figure out what the shape was because there was no width in, in that team no McGinn no McMullen and then you've got guys like experiencing uh, Charlie Adam Paul McGowan you also had Luke McGowan there as well you know um, and I did fear the worst but that's no excuse for the way they defended in, the, in that first first 20 minutes although what what was well, I lost three goals I know and, but it was three very similar goals <laughs> and it was similar to the three they lost at Parkhead you know, certainly playing it in a different manner, I've got to say, than Livy, although Livy were very good, I have to point that out. Um, but uh, if Dundee had had a bit more experience on the park, I do not think they would have lost three goals in 20 minutes. I think 
your more experienced boys take control of the game, whether it's putting in a tackle, whether it's slowing the game down, whether it's, it's having a word with certain players to do certain things. But, uh, you know, it was just an unbelievable start. And I, I, what, what I can't figure out is if, if Mark McGee had been watching Dundee would, on a long-term basis this season, would he really have gone with all those guys on the bench? I'm not so sure. So, But he quickly he quickly changed things around last night. And as George says, well, Hibs, Hibs had the majority of play. There's mm. no doubt about that. They didn't majority, do much they're, for it, though, they're, they're, they're a good side to watch. You can see what Sean Maloney's trying to do and keeping possession from the back, playing out from the back. But they've lost that wee bit of well, uh, aggression, a bit of pace up front in mm. Martin Boyle. And while, while they've got a lot of possession, they don't actually hurt teams. And that's what Sean Maloney's got to deal with over the next few well. But from Dundee's perspective, I think, you know, a clean sheet is, is a real bonus for them. And I think that's, you're talking about it would have been nice. It was an opportunity when Hibs go down to 10 men and the guy rightly gets sent off. I mm. got to see I saw it in real time, you know, and I thought, I'm glad the referee saw it. And you saw it again last night on the television. It was a sending off. Um, I think Paul McGowan's got a sore nose because it was, a, it was a fair old slap he took. But it was an opportunity for Dundee, but I think Dundee were ultra cautious not, not to commit too much against the 10 men and, you know, lose a goal. I think that would have been disastrous. I yeah. think we can build on that they can build on that point last night. They do look incredibly lightweight up front, Tam. I'm, I'm, you know, I've, I've got to say, they've no weight there at all. And that, I think that's probably one of the reasons that they're trying to bring in this lad, Yaya Sanogo George, is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. Um, uh, they need someone in that's going to If he doesn't it. sign, will it be a Sanogo? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here all week. They obviously had uh, Zach Rudden out last night as well, so he, maybe he can come in. It's early days. We don't like to pin too much on him. A good point from last night. They actually were able to bring on uh, Ashcroft in the mm. final 10 yeah. minutes or so. He did nearly gift, gift Hibs a, a real opportunity. He looked a little rusty. Yeah, he it, did. Yeah. And it was, it, was a, it was a tough one for him to come in, I've got to say. But, you know, I've, I've, I've mentioned this in the past. He brings leadership qualities to that team. I've got to say, I thought. Ryan Sweeney was excellent again. Mm. I think he's been a real, you know, top performer even through this rough period. Um, so there's something to build on. When you get clean sheets, you've, you've always got a chance, I think, Tom, and that's what Dundee been lacking this scene. So I think, well, it was an opportunity. I think Mark McGee quietly will be really chuffed to get his first point on the board and a clean sheet. I was just thinking there, you and living in Arbroath, I know this season's been exceptional, but you know all about relegation. And if you're battling relegation, <laughs> as much as, of course you need ability, you need goals, but you also need a bit of character and a bit of fighting spirit. And that's what the, hopefully with Ashcroft back now, the, the McGowans, the Adams, Bears mentioned, Sweeney as is, George. These players, if Dundee have got a chance of staying up, these players are going to be huge, aren't they? They are. I mean, for your first point in relegation, I broke I know, that was a cheap job. Well, I've actually won three titles in 12 years, but we'll, we'll not go there. But um, <laughs> Dundee have won one in 130. Yeah, but anyway, we're here to talk about Dundee. Um, it is a good point you're making. You need your experienced players to stand up and be counted. And, and what Bear's saying about the younger players, it's really probably not the stage of the season to be thrown in a young, inexperienced side at the moment. You really have to be going with your your key players and, and guy, I mean, getting guys like Ashcroft back on the park. I mean, he was a real leader in the team last year towards the end when, when he went up through the playoffs. I mean, he had, and, and he scored a lot of goals as well. He was a danger in both penalty boxes. 
Um, you'd really need the players like that to stand up and be counted right now. But looking at it, it's nip and tuck between Dundee and St Johnston. I don't think either of them are going to haul in the other teams, although the other teams don't seem to want to win games. I mean, Aberdeen are down there in 32 points, I think. So I still think they've got enough of a, a gap and I think the other teams have got enough of a gap that it's going to be between St Johnston and Dundee to fight out for automatic and, and playoff. But I, I don't know who, what, what way it's going to go. You know, it's it's... The, the result against Livingston, yeah, obviously they, I saw them last night. We've got, we'll go on to that later in, in the show, but I think Livingston are a very, very good side. And I think that sometimes you have to take a step back and say, well, actually, you're beaten by a team that's playing very well just now, one of the, the form team in the country just now, you know? So The, pro- uh, the problem was... 4-0 after losing three goals in 20 minutes. They didn't have to play well on Saturday. That was, that was the big yeah. the big problem. It was, yeah. it was so easy in the first half that... Yeah. Livy actually took the foot off the pedal in the second half. Watching the highlights, it occurred to me in my usual idiotic way that people were paying to watch. People were paying to sit and watch men stand and watch. <laughs> Not for long. A lot of them uh, well, quite, quite so, rightly, but the yeah. players on the pitch seemed to be watching what yeah. was happening rather than participating. And I, that was the most depressing game mm. of the season for me. And remember, they lost more to Ross County earlier in the season. It well, the, the difference with the Ross County one, some of the goals that Ross County scored were out of this world. Hungbo's goal was incredible. Mm. Harry Clark's goal at the start was really good. Livy didn't have to really get out of third gear. I don't think at any point in that game, uh, all three goals, they got to the byline, cut it back, and, and somebody knocked it in. It was free in the middle. Um, and yeah, the, just the general kind of malaise around the team. It, it, the fans just, a lot of the fans couldn't, a lot of them left after, well, there was some left after 18 minutes at 2-0, plenty left after 22 minutes. Um, One stayed to get a picture. <laughs> yeah. well, I didn't get a picture that. though, did he? You know what, we don't know what he said, we don't know what Mark McGee said, yeah. but you know what struck me, it's not a sign of the whole club just now yeah. is not in a good place. Yeah. Because we all know the director's box at Dens. How did that laddie get to the front of the director's box without someone saying, what are you doing? Yeah, well, he was in the director's box. Was he? Yeah. Oh. He, was a, he was a guest, apparently. So I don't was... think it says on your ticket for the director's <laughs> box, free selfie with manager at end. Yeah, no, I know. I think I was, I was, I mean, having watched it, it was an ill-advised move from, from the lad. I don't nah. know what he was thinking about, you know, yeah. to go and approach a manager after he's... What, you mean going to the game or yeah, well, get the picture? Well, yeah, he'll, he'll get that knocked out of him as well, I'm sure, going to the games. But to, to go and approach a manager and ask for a selfie after the, the team's been beaten for nothing, you know. It, it looked to me, actually, though, as opposed to approach for a selfie, it looked like he was deliberately winding Mark McGee up. So. I, w- I wondered that yeah. too, I must yeah. admit, even though he didn't seem aggressive or anything yeah. like that, I, w- I, I wondered, yeah. surely surely you know this isn't the time to ask for that. If, if it, let's put it this way, if it was my son, I wouldn't be very happy with my son doing <laughs> no. that, so there no. you go. I'm not defending Mark McGee's reaction at all. Mark, maybe... If it was my pre- son, my wife wouldn't be very happy because she doesn't know I've got a son. <laughs> <laughs> but that's another podcast. <laughs> that's for the chill supporters, you see <laughs> <laughs> ah, yeah, Sorry, was, you were saying you. Oh, no, I don't think I was saying anything. I just, I just, I feel... And in that, in that particular instance, the, the 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 boy was clearly trying to wind. For me, it looked like he was clearly trying to wind Mark McGee up. Mark McGee took the bait. He is upset. He lost four 0 
I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I want to go and vilify uh, Mark McGee for that, even though he has no. been on social media. I know, and it's an easy target just now because you can bring up the the approach in the Aberdeen game and yeah. what he did towards the, the, his last mm-hmm. spell in Scottish football, um, and you can and you can link the two. But I don't know if they are interlinked. You know, uh, so there. And in fairness, whatever whatever he said and whatever the boy said, it was over in a couple of seconds. Mm-hmm. Ah, like, it's it was not, not the biggest incident in the world. No, the, the, um, there was a lot uh, <coughs> worse said to Mark McGee from the stands and to John Nelms who was sitting just alongside him. Uh, I could hear from the press box as punters... You could hear, you were shouting it, George. <laughs> as punters uh, left during the game, uh, both were getting uh, both barrels uh, at some point. And there's a, a picture doing the rounds of, of one fan throwing a season ticket at John Nelms as well. So. I heard that there was a... Older fan yeah. offered his ticket. <laughs> Does he not know that John Nelms has got a seat there every week? I think so. If that's his seat, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, so I think John Nelms and Mark McGee both will be, will been relieved that last night's game was uh, a lot calmer affair. But there was more to be happy about on the pitch, even if, if it wasn't uh, brilliant. But um, ah, it's not been a good week. I, I think. No. I, I think. It, How were the fans? Bill? Yeah, the fans were good last <clears throat> night. They, they stuck with the team. They got a bit of encouragement. Yeah, as well they did. Times, and it's, right? you know, they were they were given a round of applause as they went off. Obviously, because of where they'd been on Saturday. But I mean, you're there to support your club. Yeah. At the end of the day, so you're desperately desperate for your team to, to do well. We're at the bottom of the league. We need any sort of encouragement whatsoever. So as I say, getting that getting that point last night was was really good. What I would say is, I think. Mark McGee's right, he's an experienced guy. He's asking the fans to cut him a bit of slack. Obviously, when things go absolutely pear-shaped as they did on Saturday, it's, it's not a great place to be. You know, but you've, what we've got to accept is Mark McGee has come in after the transfer window has closed to, to do the job. Now, whether that's the right move by Dundee, only time will tell on that. Whether, whether John Nelms has made the right appointment there. But Mark McGee has to work, basically work with the tools that James McPake has, has, has put in there. Now, he, there can be no doubt that he doesn't know the players really well at this point in time, but I'm sure over that those, this last sort of period, he, he's catching up with them very quickly on what they can do, what they can't do, what their capabilities are, and, and whether he can add to that and maybe bring in a couple of free agents and, and, and try and, and boost their case, that's all he can really do. But in the main, he's got to work with the, the same players that James McPake had to work with and he's got to get more out of them than James McPake was getting out of them. And that's a difficult place to be. And it doesn't happen overnight, but as you pointed out, George, the games are running out. You know, mm-hmm. I think we're down Dundee, you've got 10 games left. So they need to pick up, you know, what we speak about in the Premier League, a point a point a game is normally good enough to keep you up. Well, Dundee need a... They're in their own mini-league now with St Johnston. I think they're going to need a wee bit more than that yeah. you know, to, to get, get above St Johnston because the, the goal difference is such that, that they are going to need... Well, the finished level on points, you know, they are going to go down, so they're, they're going to need an extra point that Vincent and Johnson have got to keep their heads afloat this season. That, that game with St Burns massive for Dundee, isn't it? The, the game in yes. hand. Yes, if they're ever going to play. Yeah. It's coming well, as a week on Wednesday, I think, George, isn't it? It's, 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 it's next ne- week. Next week, yeah. yeah so, yeah, What's the forecast? I know, there'll be a stop. Drizzle will be off. <laughs> I think your big fear is, if you, when you're at the bottom, and we've seen it, we've seen it when, you know, we've, we've been down there for the majority of the season, and, and at the start, all the teams were, I was pretty much of a muchness. Lovey couldn't get out. Ross County were losing games. You know, Motherwell have, have kept their heads, heads above water. I've got to say, St Myrna have been floating. 
But we've seen such a such a surge from Ross County and Livingston, not just leave Dundee and St Johnson behind. They, those two are now genuinely pushing for for that fourth spot. Livy especially have been really imp- imp- impressive. But the big fear for Dundee or for St Johnston is that one or the other finds a bit of form. Because if one of them can string two or three wins together on the spin, mm. the other one's real. The other yeah. one's gone. So that's you know that's that's what you've got to you've got to make sure it's your team and not not your your main rivals. You sometimes find when it goes into the split that a team from nowhere sees it as a focused five games and then they just turn it around and say right they get three, mm. the first three wins on the board in the split and that's what could happen mm. and you know it could happen go down to the last five games and then suddenly like Dundee or St Johnston they get a bit of momentum going in and they realise we're playing all the teams around about us you know and and we can string a few wins together and like you say three wins probably with a, the odd point here and there's probably going to be enough to get into the playoffs isn't it yeah yeah I mean I, you're, you're talking about the split but you never know who's going to be in that split you could have Aberdeen mm-hmm. you could have Dundee United mm-hmm. you could mm-hmm. have Hibs it's not beyond the realms of possibility that and that so where do you get the points in the split it's going to be incredibly difficult you know you, you've just got to get yourself honour on McGee for, from a Dundee perspective he has to find out what his best team is they've, they've managed to shut the door the back door last night that's great how do they make that transition from keeping it tight at the back to creating chances because they don't create nearly enough chances they don't get themselves up the park they don't get into in really good wide areas which other teams that's where you get goals from we've seen that you get into wide areas get the ball in the box and get men in the box as well that you know you can get on the end of these crosses and Dundee haven't mastered that all season well I was going to try to, I was getting a wee bit of hope there George and Bears put a damper on it and to put a further damper on it <laughs> dampener on it Charlie Adam off injured last night expected to miss Motherwell yeah it was the hamstring to look like uh, or confirmed by Mark McGee after the game um, such a key player he, he, had, he played he was really good last night actually um, controlling can I, can that I just say George just on Charlie Adam I was watching behind the goal and Obviously, they'd gone down to 10 men, so Dundee, they hadn't pressed enough. And, and, and Charlie, actually, the Hibs were still trying to play out from the back, fair play to them, you know, with 10 men. But Charlie spotted this and thought, come on, we're sitting far too far off them. And he was actually encouraging people to go forward, and he made a move to go and press. And he, he, he went about four Twinged. or five yards, then went, just went down. Twing. Boom. Yep. Uh, see, I didn't see it. I didn't... Even, yeah, it just I went straight. Yeah, at, the, at the time. But... We've talked about already in this uh, weeks ago that Dundee really struggled to get points when Joe Adams not on the on the pitch and the points I mean, mean Charlie for yeah. Dundee. Charlie Adam or a different type of Charlie. <laughs> oh, <laughs> George, <laughs> that, that's uh, definitely a different <laughs> podcast, <laughs> and it's nothing to do with Charlie Adam. With that. <laughs> no, I think you're going to get locked up. Podcast should get me on. Um, so that that's a, a big problem they're going to have to overcome is finding. A way to get I, I th- off the top of my head. I think they're still only on one point from games when Jal Adam hasn't been you're on the right, team. George. Um, so that's a huge problem they're going to have to overcome. Um, they do have a lot more options than they had for, for a lot of the, particularly the latter part of the the calendar year. Uh, last year they've got options now on the bench. Although, as Bear mentioned, with Zach Rudden has uh, been off with COVID, down to one striker. Is, is leaving them leaving them short up there because they don't have another option to bring on when, when Danny Mullen maybe tires or whatever. That's that's the big problem at the moment, I think. Well, 
talking to strikers, can we finish this section with some good news? Is Yaya coming? <laughs> Maybe. They, they'd, they'd like to, from what I'm told, there's a bit of distance, uh, they're a bit apart between what well, the player wants. Well, in France, that's pretty far. <laughs> the contract talks. I think Dundee are after a pay-as-you-play type thing because he's not played since May or the spring well, anyway. I, I have to say I that was the first thing that... I- Curb to me, it's March, and he's not really played this season. Yeah. So, uh, and he's how that, how long is he going to take to get up to match? That, that, that's the big problem. He has been training with Toulouse because he gave an interview in France uh, last month. Basically, come and get me, please. To anyone who would come and get him. So Dundee have answered that so far, but whether they can agree a deal, that, that's I don't know how close that is yet. Um, it was the same last year when he joined Huddersfield. He joined them in February, played nine games, didn't get any goals. Uh, and was released. Sounds like a Dundee striker to me. He was a proper star when he was young. Uh, Arsenal picked him up and then he was nominated for the Golden Boy. Yeah, for the strange, <laughs> strangely... Uh, the Golden Boy? The strange award for the upcoming uh, players in Europe. Paul Pogba won it that year. So he was... What happened Paul- to him? <laughs> no. Um... And he won the under-20 World Cup or something like that. He's won the FA Cup, but I think he only came off the bench for the last few minutes. But, yeah. He could bring his medal. That'll (laughs) cheer us all up. We'll wait and see if that one comes off. Um, But obviously, they're looking looking to add, particularly up front. But it's already March, so what options are still? Time's marching on, in other words. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. After this, we'll turn tangerine. Right, we're back. Ewan. Is United's glass half full or half empty? I know what you'll answer. And if it is half full, I know what you'll answer. Is that enough? Well, mm-hmm. am I, you, you don't know what I'm going to answer, actually, because you think I'm Mr Positivity, but I'm maybe not Mr Positivity today. After tonight, after last night, I came away last night thinking that was a massive, massive game and result for Dundee United and it went the wrong way. And to be honest with you, I don't think anyone from the Dundee United side can argue against the result. Livingston more than deserved to win last night. Um, it took them until the 83rd minute to get to break down the Dundee United defence and get a goal via Ryan Edwards, an own goal. But to be honest, they had so many chances, particularly in the first half. And Alan Forrest and Joel Nubley, they ran... Dundee United ragged down the, the flanks, particularly Forrest. Forrest was buzzing up about. I can completely see why he's been linked with a pre-contract move to Dundee United and why Dundee United would love to have him. Whether they get him or not, we'll wait and see. But certainly he would make a massive difference to that uh, Dundee United attack. Um, but in terms of half full, half empty, well, they're still in the top six. You can say that. But equally, you're looking down the table and Aberdeen in 10th place are on 32 points. Dun United in 6th place are on 35 points. So a win can push you right up. As Livingston saw, they went into the 4th place last night with a win. But defeat to Hearts on Saturday and they could plummet down the table. So Saturday's game against Hearts is absolutely massive from Dun United's perspective. And they haven't fared well against Hearts so far this season. Um, they lost 2-0 at home and... 
and Tannadice early in the season and then I was down at Tynecastle and that was a fantastic game from a neutral's perspective because it was it was end to end but I think it was 5-2 it ended up to Hearts you know down in, earlier in the season down at Tynecastle and it's going to be tough and Hearts got a good result against Aberdeen so it's touch and go right now I'm sitting here thinking if Dunyan United can put the wins together they could be playing in European football next season if they plummet down the table, they could end up uh, with a very, very poor season. Yeah, I mean, I mean I'm sitting as you're speaking, just basically trying to stay awake, Ewan. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm, looking, I'm looking at a list of their... <laughs> that was cool. Uh, I'm looking at a list of their fixtures. The last 10 games in all, result, in all competitions bear, they've only lost two. Sounds good, but they've only won three. And, and it's hard to say... It's hard to say where they are right now, isn't it? Yeah, well, that just sums it up perfectly. They're going, they're going nowhere fast because they're only picking up points effectively in games. They're not, they're not pushing on the, the defensive solidity that we've seen. They've not really getting the, the wins on the board that they need to, to get themselves up to, to really press for that uh, European spot, which which the fans, some fans expect, which I think that's quite unfair. But what, where they think they could probably get to. Um, I think we do Livingston a disservice. I think the problem you've got is Livingston have played United and Dundee six times this season, I think, and, and they've not been on the losing side. I think they've won four of the, four games. And drawn two. Mm-hmm. And it shows, and, and they are the forum team, effectively, you know, in, in the league. I think they've taken 20 points at the last 30 in the league. But it's because they're Livingston and because they're perceived as one of the smaller clubs. If you lose to them it's completely unacceptable for a club like, like Dundee United if Dundee, yeah, get, if Dundee get a tanking from them it's absolutely unacceptable but had that been maybe Hibs or Hearts at Dens on Saturday and they were 4 nothing up it probably would have still been unacceptable but not been so hard yeah. to take you know what mm-hmm. You know what I'm trying to say I'm not sure where United are going to watch them they still look pretty solid I've got to say I thought last night Olivia you're right they looked they're on forum there's no mm-hmm. doubt about that and yeah. whether they can continue that forum you're just not too sure but they are on forum that they've got a great set in a lot of ways they're the George Cran of a football pitch aren't they they're no What's Bonnie that? but they're effective <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that I'll take that they are and that's what football is all about you've got to have you've got to have the right the right blend the right mix you've got to be tough they're a tough side when they need to be but they've got real quality as, as well they can score goals they've got a good keeper they keep clean sheets they, they defend for their lives at times here, hats off to whatever they're doing there. We need to start replicating it on Tay side here. You know, the recruitment has been really good. I've got to say, where they're getting their players. Um, from Dundee United's perspective, you can see them getting into the top six, but whether they can actually push on and push up the table is going to. They're going to have to find a way to create opportunities, to create more opportunities than they're creating at this point in time. What I've seen of Tony Watt is he's doing a lot of good stuff, real quality stuff, but not in the box. They're not getting the ball in the box where he can score goals. He's doing nice stuff down the flanks and nice wee touches and that, but he was brought in to score goals. And I've not seen him getting many opportunities, Tom. Now, Tom Coates is still playing McNulty and he's bringing Clark in and that, but I'm not sure if it's how, if it's a different way that that Tony Watt was used at Motherwell that allowed him to get goals. He seemed to be more in the box at, at, you know, at, at the, the prominent times. When the ball was wide, Tony Watt was in the areas where he can get goals. And just now I think he's doing a lot of his work outside the box. And that's not what he's brought in for effective. He's brought in to score goals. 
So they need to, they need to come up with a solution to that one. Um, and United fans, United has got to have a, have a bit of faith. I know it's, it's it's disappointing last night's last night's results, but they're still. Well, it's you tend to be pessimistic and go to lose on Saturday. They're right down there. Mm-hmm. But if they win on Saturday, they could be back in the fourth spot again. So absolutely, you know, you just need to, United just need to find a wee a wee bit of form. I think um, going forward, and they seem to be a bit stale at the moment. So that's up to Tam Course to, to figure out a way to get them, uh, you know, more up the park and more a, an attacking threat. A caveat though, and what what obviously came off injured after twelve minutes last night, so that did did he? Sure, yeah, that did make right, a okay. big impact on what done United. And and at that point, in fairness to Dun United, they started really brightly. Um, the goal they created was excellent. They cut the Livingston defence open with that. Um, but him going down injured that does change the dynamics of the attack. And um, I do take your point though about he. That's probably why I didn't see much of him in the box. <laughs> no, 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 no. He does. He does do an awful lot outside the box. And I actually like what he's brought to the Dundee United attack. But you're right. He's not yet brought the goals. And I know that when they signed him, that was the the first reason for signing him. Mm. Look, he's a top scorer in mm. the league at that point. Let's get him and get him goals. I still think a fit, fully fit firing Tony Watt can make a massive difference to Dundee United, but. I wonder if he'll be about in the next few games. I'm not sure about mm. that. You know, it's, it's part of the problem that, for want of a better phrase, United dangled the carrot of European football in front of the fans with their early season form. And they had that losing run round about Christmas and all that. Recovered a wee bit in the fans. The fans are still looking for that fourth spot. Yeah, but as, as Bear's pointing out, the, the, the ridiculous thing about the league right now is you know, they win a game, they could be back in and right in contention for the European football. That's no team wants to win. I saw a stat yesterday, and I, I don't know if it was verified, but before the games were played yesterday, um, out of all 42 SPFL sides, nine, none of them had put together three consecutive wins before the games last night. So whether that's true or not, that's that just shows you where we are. You said it, it's true. Well, <laughs> if we speak it, it shall be Well, so. it was another journalist that I shall not name, so it'll be his his um, fact-checking skills that will be inaccurate, although I probably should have double-checked them. But, um, <laughs> but um, certainly... If it sounds good, right? Yeah. Well, it, it, it sounds accurate because you look at around it, all the leagues and there's teams cutting each other up all over the place. You know, the championship, it's draws every week. There's draws every week in the S- SP. SP, the, the Scottish Premiership. So, thirty minutes in, you and Mrs. Chance to mention our growth. Oh no, I'm, I'm I'm depressed about that at the moment as well. Even though they're <laughs> top of the league, but um, but no, looking just honestly looking at it, the, it's it's so tight, and we are literally sitting here thinking one week Dundee United to lose, or oh God, they could right be right down in the and hovering above the relegation zone, and the next week they're dreaming about looking out their passports for next season. So I don't know how to call it, to be honest with you. It's, it's what we were saying earlier about Dundee and St. Johnson. It's down to a team that puts together three, four wins, and that team will end up in European football. And the teams that plummet down, they're going to have a mediocre season. Yeah, you're, you're talking right now Aberdeen in 10th to Livingston in 4th. Yeah. All have aspirations to play European football. Yeah. Uh, it's it, it, I mean that that middle chunk of the divisions quite crazy just now, isn't it? 
Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, Aberdeen fans are, are really down about last night and, and probably rightly so, but you look at the league table, like you say, they, they go they go and win a game, they, they, they shoot right up the table. So it's it's crazy just now. It's absolutely crazy. But at the moment, and Bear's making very good points about creating chances because looking at the, the score, I think that St Johnson are the lowest goal scorers in the league. Then it's Dundee and then it's Dundee United. And Dundee United have only scored one more goal this season than Dundee, which isn't good enough for a side that's looking to to get into European football place. It really isn't. Um, their defence has been fantastic. I think they've got some of the best defenders in the league. I really do. I think Ryan Edwards has been outstanding. Charlie McGrew has been really assured. And Ross Graham over the last five, six games has been excellent. But they do need more going forward. Um, they do need more creativity, as Bears point out. It's not just about the putting the ball in the back of the net. It's actually getting creating the chances. And they do need to score more goals. Um, and that will be their downfall, probably, unless they sort it out in the next nine games. Does that make it bad news, this need for more creativity, that Dylan Lever- Levitt has an injury? Uh, massive. I mean, it, you, can't under, you can't overstate how important Dylan Levitt actually has been to Dundee United this season. I mean, he, he controls play um, just with his short, sharp passing. Kevin McDonald can come in and do that, obviously. Kevin McDonald, I think at the moment they're having to wrap him in cotton wool. They can't play him every game. They would love to play him every game, but I think he's, I mean, he was, he, he came off the bench again last night and I think it's it's almost every second game he'll start a game, but they are really missing Dylan Levitt and I don't know if Dylan Levitt will be back or not. Again, that's a, that's... What, for the season? No, I think he'll be back for the season, but I don't know if he'll be back for the weekend. Yeah, let's quantify. I was in a panic there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, do you like Dylan Levitt? Yeah, I think he's an excellent player. Yeah. yeah. No, he is an excellent <laughs> player. You don't get you don't get ten caps for Wales by the age of twenty-one. Full caps for Wales by the age of twenty-one. If you've not got something about you, I think a, a, an odd problem that teams like United are going to have for that European spotter is the way the league is now, with Dundee and St Johnston effectively isolated in the bottom two slots. Teams can take the shackles off. Teams that are attacking teams mm. aren't looking over their shoulder anymore. So that means the teams that do have attacking threats, they can go for it. They can, in the knowledge that we're not going to get relegated this season, so why not? Why not, why not play that extra striker? Why not have a go to win the game, to get that three points, rather than, we'll just sit tight and try and keep a point today. And mm. that, that makes life really difficult for United because they've, they've tended to build their, their, their points on defensive resilience yeah. and, and sneaking wins. Well, now they're going to find other teams are just going three points. And that's why it's interesting because with three points for a win, there's so much more to be gained in going for it rather than sitting tight and hoping to, hoping to maybe get a late goal or something like that. That's what Livingston did last night. Yeah. Full credit to... I mean, I heard um, Tam saying earlier that they're not Bonnie, but actually they were Bonnie last night. If you're looking at their, their movement was fantastic. You know, they were they were fast going forward. We talked about, we talked about Hibs losing a bit of pace. And they, and they have lost pace in attack, but Livingston have got pace in attack. They've got trickery in attack. They've got midfielders like Pittman coming in. You know, they 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 were everything. That, uh, their attacking three are everything that Dundee United fans are crying out for just now, I think, is that kind of, that movement, that, you know, imagination, creativity. Um, if Dundee United had that kind of movement in attack, I think Dundee United would be comfortably in a European spot just now. Mm. And you've got to tell us about Joel Newblade, because he is, I mean, <laughs> you, you were always... He's outstanding. He's praising this guy at the Hulk when he was at our broth and telling us what he could do and what he couldn't do. And he's come in and we've seen him seen for ourselves. Mm-hmm. He's, he's just outstanding, a, says the man who had yeah. no, tra- right. traitor banner in the press box no, no, last no, night. No, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> he's, just, just, he's just such a big lad. He's just, he's just given everybody that plays against him so, so many. I mean, Kami Kerr 
I, I mean, we all know Cammy Kerr, but he's, he's a seasoned professional. He's dealt with lots of guys mm. and he, pre, he pays and he's himself. he's a tenacious defender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So one-on-ones, he's very good. And he just couldn't get near him. And I, and I was watching last night and it was the same for, for Dungeon United. They yeah, just Ross Graham get, had yeah, a tough night. Really, really difficult. You don't know. And it's so good because what he does is because he's got good feet and he's a big lad and Ross Graham's trying to get him, kind of get him. What that does... Somebody else comes in and tries to take the ball off, and of course, when another player coming over, that's where you create space in games because mm. he sucks boys in. He's got such good feet as well, but he's been outstanding. I mean, do you think I mean, Livingston can keep a hold of? I I don't think so. I really genuinely don't think so. I think he's in an upward trajectory, and I and actually wouldn't surprise me if he moves at the end of the season that quickly. I mean, I know it sounds ridiculous, but there must be clubs that already looked at him when he was at Arbroath. Um, not just Livingston thinking, oh, it's great, we'll get him back early. I think there must have been clubs mm. higher than higher than Livingston mm. looking at him, thinking, look at him, look at what he's doing. And he has come into the, the top flight and proved himself. I know we're only a few games into his top flight career, yeah. but he, he offers something that you see very few players in, in our country playing like that. And everybody makes an assumption before they see Joel Nubley, he's a tall guy, he'll hold the ball up, mm. he'll use his strength. He, look, he looks pretty languid, so he, yeah. looks, he looks as though he's not, he's not like so the two guys that are at Ross County, Buzz Bombs, Hung Hungbo and, and Reagan Charles Cook, he's not belting up and down the line, he's a, but he's a big lad, but he's yeah. obviously got the strength and he's got the ability there as well, you know, but he has got he, the, the quickness of thought and, and the turn of, you know, the good feet as well, which it makes him so difficult to play against. The ball, the ball sticks to his yeah. feet. I mean, you'll you right. see him as well, George. The ball Excellent. sticks to his feet. What do you think of him? He's I mean, had a really strange career if you look at his, his background. He's had so many clubs. What age is he? He's, he's 25 and you're yeah, right. He's, he's had, had about 14 ten, clubs. He has, yeah. which I don't know. Sometimes people might have alarm bells, but he seems to really put it all together. There's no fact that when you see a guy like that who is a, a guy who, who isn't chasing the ball all over the place, when things are going poorly, people look at him and think he's not no, working maybe. hard enough. Yeah. He's, he, he's a lazy so-and-so sort of he, thing. He doesn't you know? score that many goals, yeah. but I think he brings so much to the team. Uh, we saw that on, on Saturday, although as we mentioned that Livy didn't actually have to, to work that hard to get their goals. But uh, yeah, he's just a a monster to play against, yeah. I think. He started his career at Chelsea, let's not forget. I mean, he, I mean, he, I think for the ages of 9 to 14, he was in the... He was, was he a golden boy, George? No, he wasn't, no. Just thought check. Imagine two golden boys in the one programme. <laughs> but I think I think he's there's a lot I like about Joel Nubley, not just as a player. Actually, my son came along to the game last night just to watch Joel Nubley. You know, that literally genuinely did. And he was sitting down in the front row like a like a groupie sitting in the front row <laughs> waiting for waiting for Joel to come over and Joel was on his side and everything. And I, I like I like him as a player. Uh, but I also like him as a person mm. because he's got a brilliant mm. attitude. He was at uh, Bobby Lynn's testimonial dinner on Sunday night. Did you not got him drunk and helped United? Oh, there, was yeah. nobody, there was none of it. Oh, they were all, all those players genuinely, there was, it was all waters around their, their tables. But they were, um, he was out there as if he was still part of their Abroath team. And he was only at Abroath for a few months, but he, he really has thrown himself into did it. Dick, and he, did Dick Campbell play him up? On the right hand side. No, he played up front first. For he played pretty much up front. But yeah. but in fairness to Joel Nubley, I remember when Joel arrived. Joel always said he was he was he was yeah, more a winger well, than a striker. Quite comfortable out there, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. he's more so, a winger, and he brings other players into the game. So, so should United just be signing go, go for Forest and then go <laughs> for Nubley as well? Sign, sign the two of them. What a difference yeah. that will make to Dun United going forward. 
What are the, so you, you're quite good with your wee crystal ball when it comes to players leaving and players arriving. What, what are their chances of uh, getting Forrest? Um, well, they got Tony Watt. So, I would. I mean, I know the, Martindale said there'll be bigger clubs than Dundee United looking at Alan Forrest and he, and he is possibly right, but I think United could put state a good case to, to Alan Forrest and like I say, Tony Watt was a decent coup to get at that stage, you know, there must have been a, a lot of clubs looking at him and thinking top goal scorer, you know, on form striker, striker on the brink potentially getting in the Scotland set up, so I wouldn't rule it out and I certainly can see why they would be looking at him, I think he's definitely a player that would add a lot to their them going forward and I think the fans would love that Great stuff Time will tell but Ewan's almost got his, he certainly got his first name on the contract, so it's all down to you to get the second one, Ewan. Right, finish off this week, unfortunately, on a serious note, uh, you have to be on another planet not to know what's happening in Europe and in particular Ukraine just now, and of course, Scotland are due to play uh, Ukraine later this month in a World Cup playoff semi-final. Strikes me um, whether or not Ukraine are able to get a team together and send them over to Hamden. It might be a better thing if we were to delay that game. What do you chaps think? I think it probably seems like the sensible option. UEFA and FIFA aren't always renowned for sensible options. But that's, yeah, I think that's that's the only way forward, I would say. Because the sport doesn't really matter really when all this sort of stuff's going on. But I'm sure Ukraine would quite like to play it as well. Uh, there's, they have more important things to think about, but sport does help highlight these. Yeah, sorts I was of going things. to say, where, where, you and where sport can help with that is with, mm-hmm. with a gesture. Mm-hmm. And I think if the game goes ahead, there has to be a gesture. If a game doesn't go ahead, that's a gesture in itself, as long as they say, well, we'll give you more time. Yeah, I mean, firstly, I agree with George. I don't think, I don't, I can see why we should delay the game, to be honest with you. I mean, we, we all love football, we love chatting about football, we get excited about it, but my God, it's, it's, it's unbelievable what's happening to that country over there, so we, we really need to, to, to accept that. But if the game does go ahead, I can see we're good in this country at, at, at understanding others and, and bringing them in, and I think I can see the Scotland fans making a massive gesture to, to Ukraine and making them feel really part of it. I can see Ukraine flags adorned mm-hmm. all the way around Hamden. I was thinking driving in, if the yeah. game goes ahead or when it goes ahead, wouldn't it be nice if they ran out to see their home country's flags? Yeah. And and if that means buying them outside for a fiver, hopefully a lot of that money mm-hmm. could go yeah. to help people. I that's, yeah, I think it'd be quite an emotional game, I think. Particularly the way the Scottish fans would, would react. To everything. Obviously, yeah, we've, seen, we've seen this week how fans reacted uh, to Man City in an Everton game at the weekend and a lot of the games I think St Johnson had a thing with Max, young, young Max so, yeah. um, I, th- I think it'd be a really emotional day if it, if it happens in, in a really positive way if there can be a positive way in, in, in what's going on There is actually a there's been a collection going on and this was before the, the things that happened in Ukraine amongst the Scotland fans to, to actually create a display around the whole of Hamden there's actually been a crowdfunder on the go for the last four or five weeks and I wonder if that money might get diverted away from what it was originally going to be some sort of Scotland inspiring thing to becoming a Ukraine thing and I think that would be fitting if we did that you know I do think I did read a column earlier this week in another paper where it was suggested that Scotland should just sit back and let um, 
Ukraine win the game. I don't know if I agree with that. And I also don't know if Ukraine would want that either. I think Ukraine mm. quite rightly want to go out there and put on a show and pride. And, and they probably, those players, want to go there and, and promote their country and show how you know proud they are. So, yeah. Yeah, but it will be, if it goes ahead, it'll be a hugely emotional occasion. Yeah, but I mean, once once the game starts, we'll all want Scotland to win, but you want the opponents to have the same advantages that Scotland have going into the game, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a really difficult one if they play the game, Tom, because how do you find that competitive edge, mm-hmm. you know, with, with the background to the game and the two teams, how do you get that up? I, mean, I know the fans will... You probably see Hamden will be a see sort of yelling blue Ukrainian flags, but will that will that quickly turn when you know the Ukrainians are awarded a first minute penalty <laughs> or something like that? Um, it's hard. It'll be hard for Steve Clark to get his own players to say, "Look, we know what's going on, but this is a game of football. We're here to win this game of football, and it's getting them in the mindset that they would you would want them to be in for such a high profile game. It is, it is sport, but." Uh, yeah, it pales into it. But the, the whole, I was sitting there thinking that last night, you know, for all the, the problems that we've got at Dens and everything like that, you know, you, your mind does sort of tend to be elsewhere at times and thinking of how these people are dealing with what's going on in their country. You know, nothing to do yeah. with people, you know? And you've, you've seen it down down south. Some West Ham gave their player time off. Mm. Was Sevchenko at Man City wanted to play Everton. Had the, the, both had guys on the bench. But then... It's like we'd had it, they warmed up at the same time and the two of them were in tears. Mm. And uh, I, I think from the point, from a footballing point of view, I wouldn't want to see Scotland play against guys that you you don't know that, and you totally understand that their head can't be in the right place. Mm. And, yeah. and and it, it might be that the game never gets played because yeah. you just can't. Mm. But yeah, I mean, I'm, talking, I'm talking about a Scotland perspective, but yeah. you, you can only imagine what it must be like for you, the Ukrainians trying to play that game. Where are their minds going to be as well? Yeah, I mean, you, you can only, you, I mean, from the Scotland players' point of view, they can only be in their own heads. But imagine lining up and you're mm-hmm. looking with that boy having, how, that boy that I'm standing opposite, is he worried about his family? Mm-hmm. What's going on? And, and like you say, it's immeasurably worse for the Ukrainians. It's just such a sad thing. I think we have to do something. I mean, if the game, we don't know what the decision is going to be made. It could be the, the fact that. Ukraine don't get to go through and Scotland get a pass it. If that's the case and no game goes ahead, I would quite happily donate my ticket fee to some Ukrainian cause and I would hope um, yeah. that, I mean, me and Jackson are both going down to that game. I would hope that a lot of people would do that. You know, there has to be something that we can do to to show our support to Ukraine in some way, regardless of what happens in the game. It's a sad time indeed. Thanks, chaps. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it. Or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people find Twa Teams One Street and that means a lot to us. Don't forget to pick up your copy of the Tilly Monday to Saturday for all the latest from Dens and Tannadice or go to thetilly.co.uk to find out how you can get the paper delivered right to your door. <laughs>